You now tuned in to the hottest podcast in the world, the Stay Woke Podcast, right here on thesonicbreakdown.com. Welcome back to another Stay Woke Podcast. This is D-Ray Brinson, and you know the Stay Woke Podcast is presented by thesonicbreakdown.com. If you haven't read a review, we just put one up on Joey Badass. Check it out. My boy, Jason Terrell, a guy I interviewed on Profound Gentleman, he did that article. So definitely check that out. But let's get into what we're talking about today. Talk about Talib Kweli and uh, Styles P's new album. But before we even get into that, I want to introduce, we have a we have a special guest in the building. We got Trav, one of uh, the Stay Woke Podcast listeners. Introduce yourself, man. What's up? What's up? What's up? This is Trav. Going out from the East Coast, coming from Jersey. And I love this album, man. Definitely needed in hip-hop in today. Today's current events, I think this album right now is very needed. Being from a conscious rapper, the street rapper, the combined forces, and to speak on topics and give us that pure raw hip-hop that 80s babies grew up on. It's a great, great situation right now. It is, and it's coming out of, to me, it's like coming out of left field. Like, I didn't know that they were working together. I had no idea that this was even a, a project that was going to be released this year. Did you have any idea that they were coming out with an album or anything like that? Actually, though, a couple of weeks ago, um, I happened. I was on YouTube and um, and I saw a video called Lost Ones, and it was with Style. It was with Talib Kweli and Styles P. And when I played the video, the beat and the, and the production was so raw, and you know, it was the streets it was like Yonkers and the whole New York feel. Mm-hmm. And then I started hearing them coming in with the lyrics, and I was like, "Wow, this is, this is a dope song." Mm-hmm. And about like a day before Kendrick's album dropped. Word on the street was they were dropping it. They were going to drop this EP the same day, and I'm like, "What?" And so as soon as Kendrick dropped, I cop over from at the same time and just went listening. And I was just like, "By content and I, see, it's only seven tracks, but the lyrics, man, and yeah. the production is so raw and heavy, man. Nah. I mean, it's like it, it gave me a feel like how Elmatic was so short, but mm. the content and the, and the production made it like a heavy album, you know. Yeah. It, it didn't need fifty. It didn't need eight or nine tracks. Seven was great, and the prize was called the seven. It, it made sense as well, like you said. The title of the album, because um, I didn't, I didn't mention that, is called "Is the Seven Again," and it's right. Talib Kweli and Styles P. But before we even get into breaking down this album, what is your relationship with Talib Kweli and Styles P prior to this album? Because I have a deep well, relationship with them just on prior albums that I've listened to. What about you? Um, I actually do as well with the music. Um, I'm gonna keep it real. Like with with Talib Kweli, was a kind of like in and out over the years. Mm-hmm. But with Styles, because <laughs> he had like he, he had, over here, man, he has like crazy mixed mixtapes, man. You can look him up online, you know, datpiff.com, certain uh-huh. mixtape outlets, and this guy's street mixtapes are like very extensive. He he has at least have like 25 mixtapes, man. See, with Styles. When I was younger, when the first Locks album came out, see, I was one of those guys that was growing up in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And when everybody was on this whole Sonny Shoe Puff Daddy wave at the Big Pass, I wasn't really feeling the whole new bad boy ever with the Sonny Suits and the Mace. And I, just, I just wasn't feeling it. I'm with you on that, bro. I'm with you on that, bro. I wasn't, I wasn't yeah, feeling that I either. I didn't understand, I I didn't understand that, that wave. wave. I didn't get that wave. Nah, <laughs> I wasn't with it, man. This this felt like very gimmicky. Um, I appreciate it a little bit more now as I got older and mm-hmm. um, you know, the changes of hip, you know, changes of hip hop and the sound and everything, mm-hmm. and especially with New York sound and hip hop. I can appreciate it now as classics. Mm-hmm. But when I'm going into that, it's because I kind of slept on the Locks' first album uh, because of that era. And then you. one day I had popped it. And I said, Let me just go ahead and listen to the album. Um, I did like Hope You Always Love Big Pop and certain other tracks. Mm-hmm. But it was just one track on there. It's called Not To Be Fucked But It was just yeah. Styles by itself, man. And everybody, you know, everybody gives Jada Kiss props. He's like, when the illest guy on the locks. But when I heard that solo track by, by Styles and things who was saying, man, I was like, yo, this guy is raw. And he's on Bad Boy. This guy is talking about, you know, getting cars like made by NASA to fly through traffic. <laughs> it was just crazy. Yeah, his wordplay. From that point, huh? Yeah, his wordplay is crazy. Yeah, his wordplay and his metaphors, man, it was so sick. So after that day, I heard that track. This like, is like 97, like the end of 97 when I heard it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going pay attention to this guy. <laughs> and ever since then, I paid attention to the style. It's very heavy. And this guy has always been a street guy. Yeah. But he drops jewels at the same time, man. It's raw street. But he makes sure he drops you a jewel before the, he gets off that verse. And, I, you know, that's my relationship with Styles. Now, with Talib, of course, the whole Rockers era. Mm. And, and, you know, him and, and the Reflection Eternal. Yeah. That album. That I album, check, man. Man. Oh, man. That's like, that's a classic. Mm-hmm. 
And with him, you know, I was kind of going in and out because I was, like I said, I kind of gravitated more towards, like, the Wu-Tangs and the mm. Mob Geeks and the Capone and Noriega, that whole, you know, core mecca, everybody. Yeah, they had so a, just a, like, a gutter, uh, a more a gritty vibe than uh, Talib Kweli. Right. Yeah, that's true, man. So, I mean, I can understand that, especially the, the type of music that it sounds like you gravitated to. I can see Talib not quite thin in there because especially the production-wise, he didn't have as hard-hitting basses and, and things of that nature. He didn't, no. My, I guess, uh, history with the, both of these artists is a little bit similar to yours except in kind of reverse. I was more heavy on Talib than I was on Styles P. Like, I love the locks, don't get me wrong. I always love the locks. I always love Jadakiss, Styles P, Sheik Looch, like all of them to me were underrated and continue still to be underrated to me jada does get more shine than styles p and chic and she kind of like took himself out of the equation a little bit by not being on all their projects even though he was around you know he's just more reclusive so i think that kind of hurt like him not getting that love but styles p to me always got love but jada always kind of outshined him in the love that he received styles p to me was always he was always that dude he, he always had the lines he always had the rhymes every locks album you heard all of them had lines. All of them had metaphors. They were all spitting. But like I was saying, for me, with Talib Kweli, with Reflections Internal, that album, I, I played that album so much. It just it just resonated with me. It just, it was, um, it was just thought-provoking. It, it got me to think about things that I thought about, but not on the level that he was talking about it. And so it made me think a little bit more, and I just appreciated that. Talib goes back to meet with uh, uh, Black Star with Most Def. Then you got him with Reflections Internal with High Tech. With Styles P, he kind of stays more, they both kind of stay in their lane prior to this album. You know what I'm saying? They both, Talib was a conscious guy. Styles P had conscious content, but he was always gritty. So that's why when I heard these two coming together, it kind of threw me off, but it fits somehow. <laughs> what do you think about their relationship on the album together, though? I think they gel well, man, mm -hmm. because they both come and go to come in. They, this is what they want to do, and you know, I just finished watching a video. Yeah, I mean, our interview yesterday of Styles and Talib. They was on Sway in the morning, mm. and uh, Styles kind of broke it down, kind of right. He was like, you know, it's this picture you watch him in society and having Sharif and the old dog grow down the block together, mm. give you the view. Yeah, that was out. I was that was. That's definitely what that is right there. Yeah, that that is that's powerful, man. When you say that like that, you get that visual, and that and it it does make sense. Yeah. So you know, I mean, and and, and I mean, I was thinking, I wasn't thinking that exactly, mm -hmm. but you know, lyrics, you kind of you kind of get the view. That's like the first the first opening track, poets yeah. and gangsters. Exactly. That to me, that 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 was the perfect segue into the album. That was the perfect introduction. Um. The fact that they explained the the meaning of seven and the the terminology behind it of seeking the truth and trying to understand the truth and getting deeper meaning behind things and not just taking the surface level the surface level view of things and getting deeper into it made real sense because if you think about all their albums they all if you're a surface level, level listener you know all of their music sounds good you know what i'm saying but then if you get deeper and you really break down the the content of their of their words they're all talking about like deep shit even like i said even the locks because like a lot of i don't think a lot of people think that the locks are deep the surface level <laughs> listeners you know what i'm saying they just like oh they just some hood niggas you know what i mean that's the thing because styles is all has always been if you, if you gotta you gotta go back and like listen even when he's talking when he's on the street tracks like he always drops the kind of spiritual connecting jewel exactly and his, his, his i mean jada kiss is known He's a fly guy. He's yeah. a witty guy, get money guy, <laughs> you know, real smooth guy that, that, that talks that street stuff on some monster type, you know, the way he come at it. And she's just a big, he's the, the gorilla guy to go around it. It's, you know, you rap about smack, smacking your face off and, and bagging your girl. You know? <laughs> the gorilla, exactly. His style, he is what he is. He's the phantom. He's the ghost. Yeah, he, he comes street. The, you know what I mean? And that nickname fits him perfectly because the way that I see Styles, Styles, style is he's one of those people that he's in a room you can be in a room with them and everybody's having a big conversation and everybody thinks they're dropping jewels and he'll say one sentence and then everybody's like damn like and then he's out and that's all that's all he says that one sentence and and it, and it kills the conversation and it doesn't kill it in a bad way it kills it in it like damn he just he just wrapped up everything we said in this one sentence and and he's out and that's it you know what i'm saying that's how his style is to me Right, and you know, and his style, 
you know, it evolves. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been a long time, man, and he's been in the street. He's been in jail. He's been out here in the office in, in New York City and, you know, trying to get our people healthy with juice bars. Like, over here, he has, like, five or six juice bars, man. He got two in the Bronx. He got one in, two in Yonkers. He just opened one up in Brooklyn, and he's pushing juice. Yeah, he's he's elevating his consciousness. When he learns more about himself and what he's and the things to help him do better, he's sharing it with us. I think that's I respect him for that as well. Is because like a lot of people, will, you know, get jewels, get gems in life. Taking even out of the rap game, they'll get those jewels and they'll hoard it to themselves. He's like, nah, I'm gonna give y'all this information too, so that we can all live better. And that's funny you said because mm-hmm. over here, um, I don't know if you guys have a big follower of the five percent nation out there, but over here we call those people. Um, we call them the, the ten percenters, the ones who have knowledge but don't don't share it. Mm, yeah, you know? that elite. They have the knowledge for themselves. You know what I mean? So I mean, there's a lot of people. That, you're right that do that. It's good for themselves, and they don't share it. The whole thing about being a leader is that we all go out and, and experience knowledge and wisdom. We have to go back and share it with our people so we can get a correct understanding. Exactly. And lift up, and not exactly with styles until they both do. Exactly. Um, and, and that's why this it, album fit so well together. Even though on the outside, like I said, prior, you might not have seen the connection. But once you start listening to the album, and especially, like I said, that intro where it talks about the seven and then it goes into the, the actual production of uh, Poets and uh, poets and Gangsters, excuse me. And that right. is them. <laughs> that is that is the surface level that we see of them. We see, Most people see Talib as, that, like I said, that conscious guy who's the poet and Styles P as that gangster. But if you really listen to the track, you realize they're both a little bit of both. Or at least that's what they I took are. from it. Is that, you know, Talib, even though he might be on this conscious peace, love and, you know, happiness on the flip side, don't fuck with him. <laughs> like You know what I'm saying? Like he can he can handle his own as well. And the same thing with Sal P on the flip side. Yeah, he comes off as this gangster, which he has that quality as well. But he also is deep and he also has thought provoking ideas and philosophies that he abides by and, and lives by. They, they both they both have their levels of, of, of consciousness and street mm-hmm. and and the thing with is he let everybody know that and that um last album that, well, I don't know if it's the last album but it was I know he had a mixtape before it was Prisoner of Consciousness yeah. and that was a great that 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 one I'll I'll play that album to death a lot of people were sleeping that album, on that album that, that album yeah, he had a lot of people on that album too yeah Ray Vaughn on that album <laughs> he had a song man and that 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 song was crazy. Yeah, you know he's starting to come out of his box. And let you know, don't get it twisted. Mm-hmm. I got knowledge and conscience, but I also know how to get because he's from Brooklyn. So you know, it's I mean, you can be you can you can have well, you can be conscious as you want, but you still the elements in your surroundings. You have to adapt to that. You have you know because you live you live through this. Yeah. So it's like you know in you because it's part of your elements, part of your surroundings. Yeah, and as well you know, as. As well as especially in New York, because I, I lived out there for a little bit when I was younger and I have a, all my family's from New York. So I understand that mentality is if you don't have any of that, that grit or gangster, whatever you want to call that other side, if you don't have that, you're going to get eaten up. You, you, you're going to get eaten alive. So you have to have that balance. Some people have better balance of it than others. Some go too too much on the gangster side and not enough on the poetic side. You know what I'm saying? So that, let's go with uh, poets and gangsters. To me, what did you think about the production? Man, it was like you know, it sound like a, it, it, it sound like a movie, like a, a movie score to be at first. You know that mm-hmm. old that old seventies feel, the vibe. You yeah. know, beats, drums, the sound, it sounded crazy. And, and it was opening track and styles laughing like, yeah, get ready, and then boom, they go right in, and, mm. and they just it, it dropped heavy, man, to the, the jump, like real heavy content, man. Yeah, it was crazy. The first production was nice to me. The thing that I said when I first heard it, the production was this sounds more like a Talib Kweli production than it does a Styles P production to me. Yeah, yeah, the, be- yeah, the beginning track, absolutely. And, and, so, it, and you know what? Uh-huh. first single they released was Lost Ones, and they made the video. And mm-hmm. to me, that first song, of the single, sounded like a Styles P production. It was, was cool that they opened it and it sounded like a Talib. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing because, and to me, if you think about it, the first track sounds like Talib, the last track sounds like a Styles P production. Like, again, that duality of, you know, this is, we are two separate kind of entities, but we're making this work together and we're, we're finding that balance. And I can flow over a Talib Kweli type beat and Talib can flow over a Styles P type beat and we can both rock those well because we have that balance amongst ourselves. And so I thought that was just they, interesting. Cause I, I, and and they both, they're both MCs that can flip any beat. Exactly. You can give Talib anything 
any beat and they'll just rip it, man. And that's why uh, when Sway started doing that, uh, the Five Fingers of Death, you can really see which rappers got it and which rappers don't because <laughs> there's some cats that get in there and they can't get through them beats. But the true MCs, the true musical MCs will find a way. So yep, That's why Sway does. He brings those raw things up there. And if you can't reward them out on yourself, you can be a rapper. That's another thing Styles used to break down all the time. It's the difference between a rapper and being an MC. That's right. Master, these guys, these clown cats out here on the radio, with these new cats out here, those are rappers, man. These guys like Joey Badass, Styles, Kendrick, J. Cole, these guys are MCs. Yeah. Master the ceremony. I want to go into uh, track number two, Brown Guy. To me, again, the production here kind of, it kind of was like, it was still more Talib to me than Styles P in, in the sound, but it seems like they were start, starting to segue into moving into more of a that gritty or gangster groove after the first track, Poets and Gangster. Did you feel that same way or did you have a different take on that production? Production, yeah. I, I felt like a real Styles production. Like I said, man, I got a lot of style. I got a lot of Styles mixtapes, man. You know, and um, yes, those, those, the sound except that Pooh were in the studio and cooked up the styles, man. <laughs> And, and what do you Absolute. think? What do you think about the content in that song um, between both of them? Both doing in this one, but I was explaining to you that we're the brown guys, and like nigga is a mentality. It's not a person. It's not a skin color. And it was just showing the showing you that tail. A white guy can be a nigga too to do the same thing. Got the biggest gun. He got a gun, big gun like I got, and he's like I'm, I'm doing. You know what I mean? So mm. it was just that you, you know, nigga is a mentality, man. It's not a skin. And I like how they both broke that down. I, I thought that I thought that was very interesting, and I thought it's a it's a topic that doesn't get addressed often, especially in the it, it gets talked about a lot between the in the black community amongst ourselves, but it's not something that we talk a, a lot about in public settings. And so I felt like this track to because it's released to the world for them to get how a, a segment of the black population feels about that topic and about how you know, like you said. You can be a white guy and still be a nigga. You know what I'm saying? You 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 know what I'm saying? If 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 you if if you're ignorant about that certain thing, or you roll in this circle, or you your mentality is this way, that has no bearing on color. And for them to present it in the way that they did, I thought it was it was really uh, interesting and thought provoking. That I think a lot of people it, it will hit them in a different way than I think that they would initially anticipate. Right. It, it was basically going in. You, you don't need those people's opinion about how we live. Yeah. We live in our element. We don't need your opinion. You're going to watch The Wire. You're watching, you know, these street documentaries on TV and then Netflix and then you think you can relate to us. Nah, you gotta, you gotta live and breathe to feel how we feel. You don't know, you don't know that. Yeah. You gotta walk what we walk. Experience what we experience. And then, you know, you can sit down and have it and we can, we can talk and build on, on, on certain things. Yeah. He doesn't need it sideline because anybody, anybody can be a nigga. That's a mentality. Like I said, I just I thought it was important that that they that they did address this and that they were addressed it in the manner that they did. I felt like they they really thought about it and addressed as as many aspects of that as they could. And and that's the I guess the benefit that you get when you have two minds working on the same track because I don't think they would have been able to attack all angles as in depth as they did if you don't have those two people because I I have a feeling they were in the, you know when they did their verses you know, Styles P heard Talibs or Talibs heard Styles P and was like, oh, hmm, that got me thinking about this. Let me add this to my verse, which is a different perspective than I heard before. So I I think collaboration is important. That was deep. What do you think about the 9.5? First, what do you think about uh, that? the name in itself, the, the title of that track? Well, I, I didn't get it at first. Mm -hmm. I didn't, why are they calling this 9.5? I wasn't really, I wasn't really, you know, I wasn't getting the, the title. But then when I heard the, the lyrics, I'm, I'm, what I'm, what I'm assuming is that, that that collaboration with the locks and them two, mm -hmm. it was like not like a you know a nine, 9 .5 man, you know what I mean? So that's <laughs> how I saw it. Yeah, I had a hard time. Like, I, I had a hard time the same thing in the beginning. And again, this this album is very new, so it's gonna take some time for us to absorb it. You know, several listens. And for me, I'll say for me, since it came out what last week, right? Yeah, last week. I didn't really. You know what I'm yeah, the same time as Kendrick. So I didn't, I haven't really been able to listen to this as deep as I would like to because I was doing the review for, uh, or the first impressions for Kendrick. So I didn't have, I did, like, I, I didn't get to really dive into this as well as I would like. And so I'm hoping after a couple of more listens, really analyzing the lyrics, I can really 
pin down what this 9.5 is is, yeah, is I, meaning. I still struggling with the title, man. I am still struggling with the title. Yeah. But what I do know is what these brothers are up there and represent it, man. Even even Sheik, you know Sheik. I was happy I like that they. Sheik. I was happy that I saw Sheik on there. When I saw Sheik, I was happy because I, I like Sheik too. And she, and Sheik to me is the he's the funniest one in interviews. <laughs> like, if you watch interviews, he is hilarious. Like the things he be saying, but it's real. It's like real shit yeah. that, that you you would say amongst your friends, but he's saying it in like in front of the world. Like I don't give a fuck. I'm a, this is how I feel. This is what this is what it is. But it'd be real shit. You know what? And, and you know, and, I, and that's why him and Ghostface uh they they gel together. Like I don't know if you know, but um, him and Ghostface man, they've been on tour together for years. They put mm. this project together. Block. I know you probably heard that. It's yeah. like a, a lot in the album. Yeah. And uh, him and him and Ace, they fit they fit perfect. It's like Styles and Jada. You know, and uh, <laughs> off together. But this on this particular track, man, Sheik was going in. He even yeah. dropped a couple of jokes. You know what I mean? Like he was going in on that track. I yeah. mean, everybody usually represent to me for this. But for this one, I'm kind of like I a shock. You know, it's being shocked that that um, house style she came through on this track, man. He really, he really, you know, he put it down on this one. Uh, I definitely and, agree. And, and the the, the thing that I will say in regard to this whole album is I like the features that they had. The thing that I hate about features is sometimes features will just feel like you just put them on here to get they fans. You know what I'm saying? Or you just put them on here because you thought it would be a good, you know, just it would just it it, it looks right instead of it sounding right and it feeling right. All the features on here felt right. They felt like they, they weren't just added on to add on. They were that they were not necessarily needed, but they they elevated the production. They elevated the, the track by having them on there instead of just oh uh, let me just throw some some shit in here. You know what I'm saying? Like if it's a dish, there's a point where you say there's enough seasoning. And then sometimes when they throw features on, it's like they're just pouring salt on on something that's already has salt in it. Take that out. Be cool. I'm a like that right now too, man. And it's kind of man, it's sickening with some of this stuff. You know, they just throw all these guys, and they all sound the same, talking about the same shit. And, you know, they, I look at some different points of views. They come up with their own style. They all trying to sound like each other, and the shit. This, this, you know, that goes on a lot. Yeah. This, this project, the one that I like a, a lot, or we talk about features, man, is Rhapsody. Say that because <laughs> I got a lot to say about Rhapsody. But let's go to um, the next track in the field because yeah. in the field to me. In the field was a stand. That was a standout track for me. Yeah, um, absolutely. Most powerful tracks. And and it, it starts out. It starts off with powerful uh, snippet of uh. I, I believe I'm I'm pretty sure I haven't fact checked this. So if I'm wrong, eh, whatever. But I believe that's Malcolm X because I think I've seen that video of Malcolm X saying those. Is it? Do you know if that was Malcolm X? In the- You're right. You're absolutely right. Okay. I, do have that. I have. I actually have that video. Saved in one of my YouTube folders, man. Mm-hmm. That is definitely my. Yeah, I thought so because I wasn't. I didn't want to. You know, I didn't want to. <laughs> I wasn't positive, but it. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's Malcolm X, and what he is saying is it's profound. What he says in the beginning, as well as what he says in the end, is profound. And then the way that both Talib, Kweli, and Styles P, the content, man, <laughs> they address so much in that song. I can't believe that they had they they tackled all that in that song. On all aspects, political, you know, current events, everything, man. They 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 went they went hard on this one. To me, like you said, it's a stand a standout track. It's one of the most powerful tracks on the whole on the whole uh, um album. Yeah. Me. I, I I agree I'm with talking. that. Going from the beginning of the track and then we'll 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 move forward a little bit. In the beginning of the track, when I heard that Malcolm X beginning where he's talking about we and I'm not sure if he says it in the beginning or the end, but I know at some point in that in the conversation that they have, the Malcolm X snippets, he talks about we and how as field niggas and house niggas, how the house nigga will say we, if the master says we living good, the house nigga will say we living good. That (laughs) instantly made me think about Kanye West, Steve Harvey, all visiting Trump because that kind of rhetoric is what was talked about when they visited uh, Trump Towers right after the election. And And with that, your son and, and Kanye and these cats, man, you know, I kind of, I kind of feel where, where, where some of them are coming from when they want to have to sit down, like, my, you know, um, Martin Luther King's son. I, mm-hmm. I can understand. You know, they always come through and just try to see if they can get a common ground on things. Mm-hmm. But a lot of these other kind of coolness out here, man. And that's, you know what I mean? and that's, that's what it felt like to try to be balanced. For me to try to be balanced when I first heard it happening, 
I was like, well, let me not say, you know, that they're cooning, that they're that they're whatever, what you know, the negative connotations that we thought about that meeting. And I was like, well, let me see what they say after the meeting. And the thing that makes me continuously feel like like the what Malcolm X was saying is that you guys are it, it seems that you're living that house Negro mentality is because when they came out of those meetings, they didn't say anything. They didn't say, well, you know. We said, we don't like what you said here, here, and here. Did you really mean that? If you did, you know, something to say, like, we went to him to address some real issues. And this is what he gave us back. Because put it this way, if I if I went in there, because I believe, yes, you should give him the opportunity to, to hear the man out. Because you, you cannot gain, like you said, you can't gain common ground if you don't even talk to the person. But my thing is, on right. the, on the flip side of that is, after you talk to the person... If you're in those positions like Steve Harvey and Kanye is where you have black people, people of color listening to your words, following what you're saying, I feel like it's your responsibility to then tell us what happened in that meeting. Because if you don't, all we're going to do is assume. And if, as we've seen, there hasn't been nothing to in, in Trump's rhetoric to alleviate all the things that he said, racial uh, bigotry, xenophobia, none of that stuff he said to counteract that since his election. And so if you're not going to address that, it's like, then what did you go to meet him for? If you're not going to tell us what, what what went on, then what the fuck did you meet him for? It seems like you would only meet him to get more money or to find a way to secure your future. You know what I'm saying? Like those things. And you guys are rich. So what do you need to secure your future for? Yeah, he's playing the old, we have black friends for that bullshit that, he, that he's doing when he, meet, when he meets up with them. And they're helping him out with that. Like, oh, what do you mean? I'm racist. I have black friends, you know? And that's what we I mean. Confidence. So like, that's why I feel like they owe us to say, well, no, we're not friends. I went in there to say, I didn't like what you said here. I didn't like what you said here. What are you going to do for this country? How are you going to help my black people? How are you going to help, you know, education? How are you going to help uh, uh, deter police brutality? What are you going to do about police reform? Like real shit that if you're not going to come back saying what that is, then how do we know that it wasn't that? Because we've seen it happen right. before. It's, it's not like we've not seen you know that happened before the coonery the being bamboozled by our by our stars our celebrities thinking that they're for us and then find out later that they weren't doing anything to help us so that's that's some of the that's some of the things that came to mind when i first heard that martin uh the i'm sorry not martin malcolm x uh snippet um i do want to go into some of the other areas in that in that track as well because they both talk about black on black crime. They talk about profiting off pr prisons. They talk about uh, the damage that fast food and the health industry or the 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 you know what the food industry is doing to us. To live quality touched on it. I, I mean, you know, if, I don't know if people have seen it, but if everybody has to see, especially if you're a black Latino man, old woman, you have to see the Thirteenth on on, uh, on on Netflix. Yeah, man. that's a good movie. That's that's a I mean, good documentary rather. You have to see that documentary. That's what we both saw. Brona, his situation, they, they put that there. That's what kind of sparked that. Mm. Um, and every everything with, with, uh, with, you know, what they're talking about. A lot of stuff that's going on now, how the, um, you know, how the um, prisons are using us as slaves, basically. You're back in. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, so it's just another way is, you know, we falsely arrest you, put you in prisons, then... We own the prisons. The prison finds ways to profit off of it, and we make money off of that. So the more people we get in here, the more profit we can gain, regardless of if they're in here for just or unjust reasons. And so and that's why people go us because they, it's business. They need us to be in jail. Yeah, and of course they go out that's innocent and lose their files. Maybe locked up for six and ten years, and and then they they oh you know what this guy didn't do it release him. They already knew that he didn't do it. They already knew that he had a little business being there for that long. But it's an industry. They need the, they need the house built up. Exactly. You know, they got big corporations like Kraft Foods and some like uh, Walmart and a lot of the, a lot of these big companies, man, have a lot to do with prisons, man. Yeah. It, so you know they just have a need to go check. Yeah, they just have a nice way of hiding it. But if you dig deep enough and you keep on searching, you can find it. And great documentaries like the Thirteenth and touched on that. Yeah, and others. There's multiples of out there that touched on it that. And, and, and that's the crazy thing is that we all, well, not, I won't say we all, a lot of people know about this going on, but it's not really talked about. And so that's why I applaud these brothers for, for talking about it. The, the other thing that this track kind of, kind of uh, stimulated is the, have you seen the movie Get Out? Of course. Yeah, it, it, it made me think of The Sunken Place and how he's talking about how money, at, 
that as well as they end with Malcolm X again when he talks about the Novocaine. And I think Talib, right. as well as Silas P, talks about how money is kind of that Novocaine for us. It's, yeah. you know, you give you enough money and you don't realize it, it makes the suffering more peaceful because you think you, you, you think you can buy your way out of it. And at the end of the day, no matter how much money you have, how much or how much power you think you've acquired, you'll never have that much power because of the system that is in. And so that kind right. of that sunken place that it really brought me back to that, as well as the hematizing the scene with the tea, uh, with the teacup. And that's the same thing is instead of the teacup, they use the money they use in uh, fame. They use in fortune to hematize you and to think that, you know, yeah, we're, we're doing so much better. We're doing you're Yeah, you're great. You have all this power. And at the end of the day, you don't. So those, those were some, we got to acknowledge mm. itself. And these teas, man, you know, they, 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 they're put in the position where they can be leaders, man. And that's why I respect guys like Kendrick and Joey Badass and J. Cole because they're in today's generation hip-hop. And they are sort of the new leaders of this new school um, of hip-hop. Mm-hmm. And they're, put, they, they, they're going in the right direction. And they give them context. They give them great subject matter, you know. And that's a lot of the stuff that's going around. The others, are, that's cornery. Because want them to blow up. Like, these radios want the, the bullshit to be at the forefront. Yep. You know, let's put that music and the go-kill niggas music first. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. We grew up on that, that, that same kind of hip-hop. But I was a little bit more, it was more poetic. It was a message behind it, and it was a jewelry and drop tool. But the shit that they got now on the radio was straight ignorance. No, I, I, I And they put it on the forefront. They want you to go out. It's deep, man. They want you to go, yeah, put that. Let's get this in the forefront. Let's make this a hot single. Yeah, to kill, to kill trap music, to shoot a nigga with a Draco shit. Let's get that. Let's get these, let's get these guys back in jail. We need the business going. So let's let's push this to the forefront. Let's get the young kids to think this shit is cool and they can do the same shit. And then we got them. Let's get these slave niggas back and get them back in jails, man. Exactly. And that's how I see something. I mean, you know, they break it down like that too, man. Just to, I, I, to give some balances, just like you said, it's not that we're saying that you can't have that. And right. it, it's, it's something that, um, that I heard Kendrick say before too is him saying that you know, there's a place for everybody. There's a place for everything. The fact, the problem that we run into is that, just like you said, the main avenues for people to hear music, the radio, TV, um, you know, those avenues are, are run by a small set of people, one. The second aspect of it, that is that the music, like you said, there's trap, there's conscious, all of that music, it should be played and heard equally on those platforms. Yeah, you, yeah, you can't listen to To Pimp a Butterfly all the time. It's a too heavy of an album. You know, like certain things you can't listen to all the time. You need to have some balance. So if you're in a club, you don't want to hear These Walls by uh, Kendrick from To Pimp a Butterfly. You're going to want to hear some future, which is fine. But you have to have that balance so that you do have some content dropped on like you, on, on the youth. The, the young cats that are listening to this music and that are internalizing it because we take in whatever, everything that we take in, everything that we see, everything that we hear, everything that we do, it affects us mentally, physically, and psychologically. If you're not getting anything of nurturing into your mind, like a, something that's conscious, that's going to th- make you think, you're doing yourself a disservice. And you're doing your, you know what I'm saying? So you have to have that balance. And it's okay to, like I said, it's okay to hear that future, that Draco, that Migos, whatever. But at the end of the day, have that balance. Right. You have to have. Yeah. What, what I was just getting at is like, you know, now we're starting to mix it up. This year is getting a little different with New York radio. Mm. You know, I'm right, I'm right here in Jersey, man. I'm right in Bergen County, New Jersey. I grew up between New York, New Jersey, and North Carolina. You know, mm. I was born in Jamaica, Queens, lived in the Bronx. I was raised in Inglewood, New Jersey, and Littleton, North Carolina. So I've been moving back and forth. Mm. Up here in New York City, you know what I mean? The radio, it, it was getting at the most ignorance level of what they were playing all day. And it's just now that this year, they're starting to mix it up, mix it up again, and putting like real MCs on there and having people come up and you see the Funk Master Flex freestyles and things of that nature and displaying skill and message. Um, But it's not, it's like, like you was just saying, it's okay to listen to all that other stuff. You know, like, we grew up on that shit. You know what I mean? We had people coming through, you know, talking about pushing weight and yeah. bodying people. We, we grew up on Wu-Tang, Bob D, you know what I'm saying? Capone, Noriega, EPMD, all that type of shit. 
um, they was a little bit more poetic. It was a little bit more of an art form. They showed like they cared. They they they, they sat down with their lyrics. And that, it's, it's okay. And that's the big. That, to me, that's you the I mean? that's the biggest thing that that makes the difference, and that, that's my biggest complaint about the, the new music. I really can't fuck with Amigos, Future. Like for me, it's I just can't. I can't do it. Like I can't. Like I can hear it in the. If I'm at the club, I'm not gonna be like, oh damn, I gotta leave. No, not like that. If you in my car, you in my house, you probably won't hear that very often. And it's not like I said. It's not to say that they don't have skills, they don't have talent. But the, on the flip side, like you said, it just I don't feel like they're putting in the work in their craft taking the time to oh, actually because if you break down some of the lyrics that they're saying even if you go back to like you said uh wu-tang onyx they talking about some real hood shit but their yeah. but their words were poetic and their delivery on how they decided what words they use they just weren't putting words together to make it rhyme they were actually there was a point you know what i'm saying that's 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 really where i feel like is the problem is that they're not they're not they're not yeah they're not doing that for the for the artists that are, and those are the ones that that you know end up making them on, on your on your podcast, man, and you break them down. Those are the guys that's doing that for us nowadays. Mm. The Joey Badass, Hendrix, the J Coles, you know what I mean? Yeah. Don't, don't cats that are doing it, and and that's why I salute those dudes because they're being leaders, and we need them for this this, this age of the, uh this this new generation of hip hop because they we have to have something that has some kind of balance in art artistry and, and some you know some poetic stuff here we had to have that and it can't just be like this is getting it in the, in the studio and trap 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 killer nigga shit fuck boy and all that mm-hmm. it's like like yo <laughs> yeah. back in the day that shit wouldn't have made it nowhere would have been a, the, the 90, 99% of the music that we're listening to now honestly in the 90s that shit would have been put in a fucking comedy movie yeah. would have been a spoof yeah that's real you know what I mean? Like, even if you think about DMX, because DMX is hood, gruff, you know, whatever you want to think about in that in those terms. But everybody says DMX was a lyricist. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. you don't have like the people that I'm saying, like the the futures. And I'm not picking on future, whatever. But that's the first thing name that comes to my mind is those those artists aren't putting in that time to actually create stories, create content. They're just creating sounds. And I need more than sounds. If I want sounds, I'll listen to a fucking jazz album. I'll listen to some classical. I'll listen to an instrumental. I need more than sounds and vibes. I need content. So yeah. when they both get the marriage on the track, man, that's just beautiful, man. Exactly. You and know what I mean? And that's what makes classics. And that's why classics hasn't been, you know, we haven't given classics out to many rappers besides, like you said, the Kendricks, the J. Coles, the Joeys. Those are the only ones in the new school that are getting that term of, of awesome. Are possibly having classics because you know it still needs more time before we can really truly say that they're classics but they're giving off the content and production that would be equivalent to classics right and it will be those real kendrick's kendrick's albums will be yeah absolutely classics man yeah great tip years to come absolutely the way that i'm telling you i know that i can feel that man that's you know that definitely, because you know he puts his time in. Joey, Joey might take a little longer, you know. He need more projects. He needs on his, on his second one. Mm-hmm. But yeah. um, he's still he's still really got- young. But let, let's get back to the the seven album because <laughs> um, yeah. let, let's go to the next track, uh, Teleprompter. Teleprompter. Nope. The album as a whole is really good, but as as you progress from the first track, it steadily it just keeps on getting better and better and better and better and better and better. To me, that's how that's the impression that I was getting. Um, like I said, not not take away anything from the first track, but it just and and I think it's not the fact that the first track is worse than the later tracks. It's just I think that they each build upon each other, giving you the momentum so that when you get towards the end of the the album, you you just feel better about those tracks because of that momentum that was already built from the first uh, tracks. Right. More powerful messages, man. More more uplifting. More inspiration, man. You got Common on there, you know. He, he's good. He's going in. He's been going in real lately. That last yeah, album, Black America again. I think it was called. That was a good album. If you didn't, if you haven't heard that, everybody out there, you need to check that out. Absolutely. Yeah. The production on uh, Teleprompters to me, it it had a a tribe called Quest from their uh, the latest album that they dropped. It had that kind of feel to that, it. Absolutely. That's the same. You know, that's wow. You th- you felt the same way. Yeah. When that's I first. Exactly how- yeah, when I heard it, I was like, hmm. And I, and I, I still can't put my, my, my finger on which track it is, but it has that, 
there's there's something about I guess maybe one of the layers in the production that gives me that feel, but I definitely got that feel from this that track. Absolutely. Let's get into Let It Burn, man, because I got I got to give my girl Rhapsody some love, man. I've been I'm in love with Rhapsody, bro. <laughs> uh, I've been oh, in, since since uh, Complexions, because that's when I first heard Rhapsody is from Kendrick Lamar's uh, To Pimper Butterfly, um, Complexions uh, track. If you haven't heard that song, man. And you know what? I, you know, I was happy that Kendrick took notice to that man because I've been following Rhapsody for the, the first time I heard Rhapsody. I believe it was a song called Eddie Sabaz, man. Mm. Um, you ever heard that track? No, I don't. I don't, I don't think so. Because the I went back through her discography after I heard Complexion. So I have Beauty and the Beast. That's a great album. I have The Idea of Beauty. And then I have her newest one, Crown. So I have all those three albums. I don't have anything prior to that, but uh, I'm going to check that track out, though. Yeah, it's on um, the Squad. They, they put it on the Jamblers the Squad um, compilation album. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, Pete Rock's on there. Yeah. Um, hey, Jamla. Jamla's, uh, they, they coming through. They got heat. They got some bangers, man. They got some heaters. That, that's, a nice, that's a nice crew. That's a nice, fresh air of hip hop there, man. Production. Yeah. They got Pete Rock. Yeah, like Master Killer from Wu Tang's doing a lot of stuff with them. I mean, they doing they they they're doing some they doing some things, man. Rhapsody, the first time I heard her, man, Betty Sabaz, the beat, the way she came off, so like like to me, and I'm and I'm gonna they they can follow this to my to, to for a long time. To me, she's she is the best rap hip hop um new new female hip hop artist in the game. Man, I've been I've been saying oh, that. I've been saying when they had that whole Remy Nikki beef, you could check my Twitter. I was like, I don't know why everybody's beefing. Both of them ain't none compared to Rhapsody. <laughs> nah, they're not. I mean, we, 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 we salute Remy. You know, she's no, no, I like I like Remy too. Don't get me wrong, but to me, like you said, nobody, no female in the game right now is a yeah, better lyricist Rhapsody. than Rhapsody. I'm sorry. I mean, she's she's and she is she's not. She never has yet to try to use sex. Any of that type of shit, straight raw lyricism, just bars, straight bars, <laughs> bars. bars, Oh, and every Amazing. every track I've heard her on, there there hasn't been a track where I was like, mm, that verse was I. Right. Nah, every track she gets on, she goes. Let it burn is no different. Let it burn. She, like I said, I I 100% agree with you. She is the best female lyricist rapper in the game right now, and it's it's a wide wide margin for me. To just to throw out a few names of some other female artists that I think people um, should check out. If you haven't listened to our female MCs, we have a podcast on that where we did talk about Rhapsody. We talked about Ciroc. She's going to be dropping a new album pretty soon. She's pretty dope too. Just she doesn't have enough content to, to even really be put in Rhapsody's category to me yet. But the content that I've heard from her is is real dope. And she's, she's, she's very conscious. Who else would I say? No name. Uh, she used to go by No Name Gypsy. Um, now she's just No Name. She had an album called Telephone. That's that's really good too as well. So those are the three on my short list of female MCs that are worth checking out nowadays, today. But I do want to talk about what did you think about Chris Rivers? I was shocked when I saw oh, that saw that saw his name on there, but it makes sense. That's a, that's another guy, man. That's another dude, man. That, that that's not getting any burn, and that should be getting burned. And you know why he's not getting burned? Because he's not really using his father. Yeah. To, to get the. But I respect him for thing. that, though. I, I respect him for not using his dad. You know, trying to make trying trying to make his own way. But it is going to be hard because no matter what, no matter if he doesn't use his dad's name or not, it's out there. You know what I'm saying? It'd be different if nobody knew, but people know. So I feel I, I feel like you're right. I feel like it is hurting him because he's not using it. But it's also hurting him. He's going to catch twenty two. <laughs> He's using this. He's using his own skill, though, man. It's just like it's if if you talk about genes being passed down. This cat, I've been I've, like I've been doing. I've been listening to this dude for like two or three years now. Got yeah, me too. Things too. And this guy is sick. Yeah, because pops like the lyricism, man, and he and he passed his metal for Styles. You know what? I think Styles made that happen because he's been dealing with him a lot. Yeah, you that's know, uh, Styles. That's what I was gonna uh, say like, is. Like, because Styles is the first one that I heard endorse Chris Rivers, and that's what made me check him out. It was a couple of years ago I heard in a in an interview, and they was like, "What do you think about the young cats out there?" And then he was like, "Yeah, you know Kendrick J Cole," and he's like, "Yeah, but uh, Chris Rivers." And then uh, yeah. and then I, I forgot who the the DJ that was doing the interview was like. 
he's like, oh, that's that's big pun, son. He's like, yeah, but nah, he's he he he's good on his own. He's like, he's good. He got bars on his own. And then I started checking him out from that point on, and they weren't lying. He got bars. Actually, it was on Sway. I want to. Yeah, it was on Sway. And then he had him on. Uh, and then Chris Rivers came on Sway in the morning. Man, he okay, spit. Yep. Yeah, he was spitting. So he spit, man. He's one of those dudes. He's gonna be those dudes. That's you know, in, in the equation of being one of the new uh, generation um, leaders of this hip hop thing, man. He's you know, it's gonna take him a little bit. People just starting to get get to know who he is, man. Um, I remember um a song back in the day where it was Big Pun and Cuban Link, and they had a song called Toe to Toe. Yeah, I know exactly what song. And so now, it's the new version with that was with that was Chris Rivers went out and got Peter Gunn's son, which is Corey Gunn's, and he did it over again, man. And that oh. kind of like created that whole new wave feel, and they both equally was going toe-to-toe lyrically. Oh, um, I, didn't, I haven't crazy. heard that. I'm going to have to check that but, out, because uh, I like Corey Gunn's too. He's young. He definitely has his own style. He definitely has a style about him. Uh, I really thought that the, the buzz that he got from um, that Little Wayne track would have uh, propelled him a little bit more, but the the question that I have the question that I have regarding Chris Rivers is my only fear with Chris Rivers is that similar to some of the other great spitters, let's say like a Cassidy or uh, even Papoose to a certain extent, and is you know they they can spit, but when it comes to something about when it comes to putting an album together, it just it just doesn't I don't know you know what I'm saying it doesn't it doesn't work. Because I'm never going to deny Cassidy, Papoose, their skill, but we haven't really gotten a, a, a good, complete album from them. You know what I mean? And that's, yeah, my, I mean, I mean, and that's my fear that might be what's happening or is happening with Chris Rivers. I don't know. That, that's, just, that's just my fear. You, you, like, you, know, you, know, you know what that happens? You know what you need to do? Like, you know, they got a lot of these uh, certain projects out here, like the whole Prime thing, but what's the Five Don and Primo? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. You know? That, yeah, that Prime album was good. Yeah, that, that was dope. And, and you know, they, if, if, I think they need something like that, man. Mm. I think they need to just lock in with a, like, like a Primo, a Ninth Wonder, you know, um, Static Selector, The Alchemist, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They need to go, that's what, that's what will make it, I think that's what, that's what, that's what will make it good right there if they, do, if they do that. I think that was solidify a good project for these guys, man. They're going to go lock in with the right producer. I mean, that was a problem cannabis had back in the day. Yeah, that's exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, because because yeah, he got the skill lyrically. They got the skills. It's just that it's just that everything else all and that's that's the sad part about music. And that's why back to Talib Kweli and Styles P. This is not an album that I thought would happen, or that I that I even you know like if somebody were to say who would you match up together, I wouldn't have thought of Talib and Styles P. That's just me. Nope. But I it. Yeah, it came out yeah. of left field, but it works because because you have to surround yourself with people that are like minded in in some right. degrees, but are have different perspectives enough so that you can get better content. And so, right. hopefully, albums like this one, albums like Prime, will give uh, you know like Chris Rivers and Corey Guns and other artists that have the skills, you know, the the platform it, so that they can start maybe thinking in that regard and get better projects. Um, that's right. all we can hope for. You get you give these cats, they give these cats Primo, Pete Rock. I mean, these are the same guys. The same, you know, what's so crazy? The same guys that made Illmatic a classic are still are, the, are still around. And they're still doing <laughs> production. You know what I mean? Like, you know, yep. like Primo and Pete, man. You know what I mean? They 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 can still get through that. They did it for now, but you know, they did it for nonsense. To me, that shows. That, to me, that shows that the the true talent, because talent is the thing that will last, and that's why, out of this generation, out of the new rappers, I don't feel. Think about in the '90s, there was a lot of there was a there was a lot of rappers. Don't get me wrong, that didn't make it, but there was also a lot of rappers that stayed relevant because of their content and their skills. I don't feel like that ratio of rappers that you know had the longevity that Nas, uh, Hove. Talib, Styles P, all of them that you can think of that yeah. had that that had that had um, longevity that they did, I don't think we're going to get that same no. percentage out of this group that we are I, currently now. I don't think I, they're going to last long. I think there are some that will, and those would be the ones that really have the talent, like the Kendricks, the J. Coles, even Earl Sweatshirt, you know, others, Mac Miller, Absol, Schoolboy. Like, there's others that aren't in the same genre as Kendrick and J. Cole, but they have the talent that will keep them relevant. 
if if they put continue to put in the work. I think they will. I mean, a TDE definitely will. I can see that happening, man. I can definitely that whole TDE camp, schoolboy, you know, Absol, even Isaiah Rashad, man. That that whole camp, yeah. I see them being around. Nah, man. But definitely. I I think that's also a result of TDE itself is. Because to me, TDE, I, uh, and, I, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe just this is an outsider looking in, but I feel like TDE, the great thing about TDE is they kind of go off of more of the old Motown idea of we're going to get good, we're going to get good talent, we're going to foster that talent, and we're going to make good music. Good music will get you good, will get you money. We're not going to focus on the money, but we'll, we're going to get it because the content and the music is going to be that good and relevant that it will last long enough where I feel like other record labels are short, are very short minded. They're trying to figure out what, what can give us the most money right now? What can give us the most money right now instead of what can get us the best content to keep our fans the longest and they'll grow with us and we'll continually having making money off of that growing fan base instead of, oh, we're going to ride this vibe. We're going to ride this wave. We're going to ride this, that, 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 with everything that's so temporary. Right. You know what I call that, man? I, I mean, I joke with my partners up here and all my cats at work and stuff, man. And I call these MCs, man. It's like you go to McDonald's and Burger King and get that <laughs> dollar menu hip hop, man. It's snack rap hip hop. That's what this shit is, man. Little dollar menu snack rap shit. Everybody competing. And these labels are like the fast food restaurants. You got Def Jam, they, you know, Def Jam, these other universal. These guys put pushing this hip hop out like fucking dollar menu items, man. You yeah, know what I mean? And who, you know, oh, these guys got that rap over there. He's making that kind of rap. Okay, let me put this dude out. Donald's got a snack rap, chicken rap. Yeah, you know, they're like, oh, w- yeah, Wendy's got that too? All right, well, we got to make a spicy chicken rap town too. So, no, and, and that is a great, that's a great metaphor and analogy for it because that's exactly what it seems like instead of, and where, like you said, those other record labels are like fast food, like McDonald's, Burger King, whatever. And it feels like TDE is the chef. They're like, nah, we're going to go to culinary school. <laughs> we're going <laughs> we're gonna to learn how to make this the best, you know, and we're going to give you some lamb confit instead of Burger King. But we're going to charge you the normal price that we charge for all of this shit, but we're going to give you the best quality. We're going to give you that prime steak. We're going to give you that nice filet. We're going to give you that caviar because that's what our quality, the quality of our music that we want to give out is that level. And that's, that's what's going to be the best things now because, you know, we, we, we're in the age of hip-hop where everybody's doing an independent thing. I mean, you know, I think Hovindam is doing a good job making sure management. Mm-hmm. They just sound fab. I think they just sound fab, too. They, you know, they, I mean, they, they bring an artist over there that can have their own creative control. And that's, you know, and that's that's that that's where music should be is where you have the you have the opportunity to 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 voice what you want to say in the way that you want to say it because I don't think we would have got if you don't if you don't allow artists to have that kind of platform you don't get great music like um, Kendrick's album you don't get great music like uh, Mac Miller's album I don't think he would have made the Divine Feminine if he didn't have the space to make that album because try to pitch that to a record label I'm gonna make an album about God as a woman. Yeah, that 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 Mac Miller joint, man. You know what I'm saying? Not not a, most record labels are gonna be like, nah, that's not gonna sell, bro. <laughs> that's not gonna sell. So we gonna have we need, we need you to make that club banger. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I, I think I think I hope that's the direction that music is going into, and I hope that it continues to foster great um, new artists that have the platform to to continue. But and, you know, and, and and that's why it's important for us be entrepreneurs music thing come up with our own label so we can keep our own creative control be able to do um stuff big you know with the, with the message and the, and the creative control and to have other artists come up and do the same thing i think you know that's just that's just great for, for hip-hop to be in that lane not saying that the labels aren't needed no because some, you know we like to see Def jam get back to its original roots and, and put out the best quality hip-hop and shit um you know just like Interscope did when they had Dre and them over there at, at a point and then mm. You know, we, we want to see that happen. But, you know, for this generation, everybody, they all know, nobody wants to get down with these 360 deals, man. Yeah. That shit is hard. And you know what I mean? Like you, and, and that's the other thing is, it's not we're saying that the record labels aren't needed, like you said, but just like we said about the music, there needs to be a place for, there needs to be more balance. So, yeah, you have the record labels, but the record labels can't be the gatekeepers. And that's that was the problem that we were having before is that the record labels were the gatekeepers. 
you really couldn't get your music out there without them. Now you have the opportunity to get your music out there. But as the artist, now it's your responsibility that you can, the fact that you can get your music out there without these major record labels, that you give us the content, that you give us quality music. That's your onus because if not, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to make people want to start drifting back and only staying with the record labels because we want good quality music. So you have to have that balance. And that's why it's a good thing that we have people like Joey Badass that had the opportunity to sign the rock, rock nation. And he's like, no, I'm going to do this independent route and, and be successful at the independent route. So it shows other artists, you don't necessarily have to go down that route of signing to a record label. You can, but you don't have to. And that gives you some freedom in decision-making process of yourself. Where before is like, that's my only option. I have to go to this record label. If I don't go to this record label, I might as well not be an artist. I think that's that's a, a nice transition that we're going into. Hopefully that it stays and, and continues to get better. Uh, let's go into the last track, the last ones. The the last ones is the 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 ending track to the the seven album by Talib Kweli and Styles P. To me, that track is the most Styles P type of production. Yeah, and absolutely. It was a nice way to end end it off. It had aggression in it, but it still had some light heart, not lightheartedness, but it didn't seem too heavy. Because you know, some track can be so heavy that when you end it, it's like, damn. Like I feel like the way that they ended it was it was heavy. It had you thinking, but it still kept you motivated. I guess that would be the best word. Where Sometimes if you get that deep with how deep this album is, if you really pay attention to the content presented in certain ways could be depressing because of all the, the hardship that, that we have to go through. But I didn't, I didn't get that. I didn't get feeling stuck mentality. I, I got that. Yeah, there's some shit we need to change, but fuck it. We got to go out and do it. That kind of feeling instead of fuck, we're fucked. Yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> it's that knowledge of them putting our music, mm. you know, and push. Yeah. We both know that this, this album is not going to get pushed. I'm glad you're doing, I'm glad that you're, that, that you're doing a breakdown on this, man. Because we're going to see the interviews with them coming up there, but in reality, on the radio, they're not going to play a lot of it. I mean, I mean, maybe up here a little bit, I don't know. Even out there, I mean, I, I know Big Boy, I know Sway, I know Big Boy and play some joints, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's not, not going to get, it's not going to get pushed, you know, because it's them too, yeah. you know what I mean? That's just what it is. But, um, if, if people have to go out there, if you're a hip hop head, man, you know, and you and you appreciate lyricism, you appreciate a uh, uh, real subject matter, important subject matter, current events, being awoke in music, and this this straight raw lyricism, you have to get this album, man. This is this is this one of them joints that you got to have in the arsenal, man. That you got to play. You know what I mean? It's just one of them. You know, yeah, you gotta and, have it. and. It's it's not just an album that has, as we stated, you know, heavy lyrical content. It also, it's a good listen. The other thing about this album, now that, you know, that we went through all the tracks, one of the good things that I felt about this album is it being seven tracks, it does seem like it's short, but when you, after you play it and you absorb all that content, it does feel a lot longer than it actually is because it's only about 29, 30 minutes from, you know, from start to end, but... The content feels like you just sat through like an hour worth of information, which is it can come off as a negative negative. But it's to me, it was a positive because if I felt like I got so much in such a short period of time. Like I said, I didn't feel uh, overwhelmed or daunted by it. I just felt motivated to I know what the issues are. They've addressed it. Now, let's let's figure out ways of, of changing it and, and moving this conversation forward. Um, so I think that was important. No, you're right. That, that's, that, that's exactly how I see it, man. Exactly. You know what I mean? I just think that it's very heavy. Con it's heavy content, but it's also you see the lyrical skills. You see the awokenness, man. And it's not just it's not a drag out speechy joint. You know, Styles and and Talib, they come through. They they mixing it up. You know, and it, it's a good listen. It's not like it's, it's going to be a dragged out. You know, uh, preaching. It's not a preaching project. Exactly. You know, that's why the. That's why the balance with the rawness of the streets and the, and the consciousness blend together made it made it made it great like it was. Exactly. You know, I definitely I 100% agree. So I want to tell everybody out there if you haven't heard the Seven by Talib Kweli and Styles P, which came out last Friday, check that album out, download it, buy it, purchase it, listen to it, leave a comment, let us know what you think about it. It definitely needs to be some 
support it, man. We go out here and we, we, we support all these other joints. You know, we go, we go run out with the Drake albums and, and all that, man. These young thugs and all this other stuff. You know, people don't mind purchasing those projects, man. This one, you know, this is real, especially for our people. Go ahead and purchase that joint, man. By any means, you know what I mean? Go out there and get it. Give it a listen. Throw it up in your car, your, your, your iPod, your phone. Just give it a quick little listen. Stream it. Yeah, give it you know a listen. And hopefully it will spark some thoughts, uh, provoke uh, thoughts and discussion. Talk to your friends about it. Let them know what you think about it. Have these conversations. Another point of this podcast was to get people to start talking about albums, to start thinking about albums in a different way. So have these conversations with your friends. Then, you know, leave a comment and let us know the conversations that you guys are having about it. You all voice an opinion on, on current events in the state of, of, you know, who's the president and what's going on in our communities and all that. We talk about it. You know, but then, you know, you kind of stray away from it because you want to get into the music, you want to get into your life and your thing and all that. But it's great to be able to build over hip-hop with it, man. Spark this conversation. And these, these brothers, man, they push it to the forefront. And they do, and they do you know, they, they're out here being our soldiers for us. These are, these are the guys that's out here that's fighting, fighting for us. You know, Talib, you're on, you on Twitter every day, man. He's going in on these people, yeah, man. Yeah, he is. You know what I mean? <laughs> Talib is heavy. He is heavy in them streets on that Twitter, boy. Because I be seeing the beast between him and people all that's Him and Lupe on my timeline, they be going in on people. And people be going in on them. It does yeah. serve the purpose of, like I said, propelling and, and pushing the conversation. If you can't have the conversation, nothing's ever going to get done, man. Like, we have to have these conversations. We have to be, we can't be afraid of the conversations. But we also need to be open-minded in, in the fact of just because somebody disagrees with you, that doesn't mean they can't give any valid insight. That doesn't mean they can't have you think about something in a different manner. It doesn't mean that it will change your opinion, but it can mean that it, there's a possibility that it could. So you have to be open enough to have those conversations. There's a little, 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 little point in your third eye and get it sparking, man. First of all, thank you again for uh, for coming in, and I, I think this was a real good conversation. If you haven't checked out the J. Cole documentary on HBO, I just watched that, I think, two days ago or yesterday. No, yeah, two days ago. Uh, it was really, it was a good documentary. Uh, it complimented the music. It had nice visuals, and it also had uh, very thought-provoking content, and to me, the end was very hopeful, and it showed that black people or people of color, uh, minorities, we have a resilience about us that regardless of what trials and tribulations we go through, we still find a way to be uh, hopeful and and productive, not just hopeful, um, that we, we find ways to succeed. And I'll end uh, this podcast with with that because I feel like this Project 7 with Talib Kweli, which this podcast is, is about, also speaks to that, the resiliency that we do have. So... I just want to encourage everybody to listen to those albums that we mentioned. Give us a like, give us a listen, leave a comment, have conversations. At the end of the day, man, just try to do better. Try to do better and be better. That's all we can do. We wake up every morning, man, to do, to do better. You know what I mean? They evolve, man. You know what I mean? We, we always talk. But everybody has opinions and stuff. They see things going on. Mm -hmm. And we do have the power click together and make a change. It's like Styles P and Salib Kweli is doing in hip-hop, in the state of hip-hop right now. These two brothers come from, they, some, some of them come, they, I think they come from two different walks of life as far as the music is concerned. Yeah. And they, it's like former like Voltron, man. You know what I'm saying? So, and that's I perfect. Mean, and that's, and you're, you're exactly right. They, they both come from different, when it comes to the, the type of music, or even though it's in the same genre, the type of sounds that they navigate to is vastly different. But they came together and they made a beautiful project. So it just it's an example for for us as 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 people that even though I'm different than you, just like us right here, I'm different than you. I'm on the West Coast, you on the East Coast. But we came together and found a common goal and where we can talk about something and we don't have to agree on everything. We don't have to disagree on everything, but we're having a conversation and it's provoking thought and is making us both move forward and be better. That's all that, at the end of the day. If you're not if you're not growing, you're dying. So stay growing. There's no, nothing in this world, nothing in this world, if it's not growing, it's dying. There's nothing that stays stagnant. So with that being said, let's continue to grow. So again, I want to say thanks, man. Right. Thank you. Thanks for having me, first of all. And I'm glad that was, I was able to have this opportunity to sit down and build with you, man. I think that was a great opportunity for me. It makes me, I'm, I'm having fun, man. Let me feel good. You know, thank you. I was able to build on an uh, album. That probably won't get a lot of shine worldly. That's true. Able to sit down and talk and put it on a platform, and I think I think that was that's, this is great that you're doing this, man. Um, and 
I just want to give out a shout out to you first, first and foremost, for just having me come up here and, and be able to kick it with you, man, and talk about this powerful project. Um, appreciate it. Yeah, you know, I, that, I definitely, definitely appreciate it. And I just want to tell people, you know, my Instagram handle is uh, Trav Liam 80s, and um, that's that's my Instagram, T-R-A-V, L-I-A-M 80s. Um, that's the handle for Tina Triumph. Um, I'm up here. So just, you know, just holler. And I just want to give a shout out to everybody in Inglewood, New Jersey, Bronx, New York, Jamaica, Queens, and Littleton, North Carolina, Halifax County, man. Those are the, those are the areas that I've touched in my life. You know, everybody just, just giving them a shout out. Listen to this podcast. Everybody go out and listen to the Joe Buttons and the, and the Norries and all. It was good, but you did keep in tune with the Stay Woke podcast. You can stay woke. This this whole podcast we was doing about an album to make make sure people stay woke. So get up, get woke. Appreciate that. So again, uh, I want to thank everybody for listening to another Stay Woke podcast. This is D-Ray Brinson, and this podcast was about Talib Kweli and Styles P, The Seven. Cop it. You know our motto. Live, listen to some great music, and above all, love more. We out.